Hi, I'm Martin. I'm Jack. I'm Shannon. And this is the second Tubs of the Club band episode brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. All right. So I guess we'll just get right into it. Shannon, you wrote a book about the history of the marching band, which has its 100th anniversary um, this year. I know there was a little um, ambiguity about what is really the 100th year of the of the marching band. Can you tell us about the very beginnings of the band? So if we go back to the very beginnings before they were ever even playing at football games, you had the military band because U of I, as a land-grant and flagship university, from the start, part of its mission was to provide their male students with military training, and part of that was a band because think about back in the day before you had radios, you, you, every, all your directions on the field were what the band was playing. Oh, it's time to retreat. It's time to go forward. So, first time we see pictures of that band is 1903, Gemini Mountain Yearbook. But the band didn't start playing at football games until 1919. That was the military band. And think about the scene in 1919. World War One has ended, which for the that generation is the worst carnage they've ever seen or heard about. And I want to say that for University of Idaho, it was like a 15% involvement or even mortality rate in the war, which there weren't a lot of people in the first place at U of I at the time. But you can imagine the reaction, that mindset of people coming home, seeing who had survived and knowing that they had lost professors and classmates. And so in kind of that celebration of that of life, along with kind of the jump into the, the roaring 20s, the military band showed up to the football games and started playing music. And keep in mind, this is in an era where they were at McLean Field. If you've, ever been, if you've ever been behind the admin building, the administration building, and see that dip in the ground and notice that slant behind that parking lot kind of looks terraced, there's a reason why. That's the original stand to the original, basically the original Vandal football little stadium. By 1920, the following year, there was somewhat of a split because pe people in the band, they wanted to play more civilian tunes, jazz music essentially. And so a lot of the guys who were in the military band also doubled and played in a separate pep band. So it kind of stopped being a military band at games and some guys split off to do a separate pep band at games. And that's kind of the, the military band and then turning into what, the, what they call the Idaho pep band. Those two years are kind of the genesis of what today we now know as the Vandal Marching Band. Nice. Um, was there still a military band after that? Did that fade away? Did it morph? Or did it just become, like, its own, like, a different, like, say, symphonic or concert band or, yeah, like Jack was saying, yeah. something else? Good question. So, they did stay as their own thing for a while because that was still part of that military training. And as you get closer into the, kind of the 30s, the 40s, part of the build-up to World War II, you see the military band become better funded and they start to sound better and they start to make new appearances, sometimes even playing alongside that Idaho pep band at games. So their development, it kind of parallels and intertwines, and sometimes you can't really separate the two at times, especially since if you look in the yearbooks or even newspaper articles from the Argonaut, a lot of the guys who are in one in the Idaho Pet Band are also in the military band, or the, they often call it the cadet band. So they'd be kind of having to switch back and forth. I noticed you've been using the word guys a lot to describe a lot of these band members because they were all dudes. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about women in the band? Yeah, so... Basically, prior to World War II, it was an all-male affair. They did start having majorettes just before World War II, and it's kind of hilarious because it's about 1938, 1939-ish, thereabouts, in the 30s. One of the members of the Idaho Pet Band was interviewed by the Argonaut, 
And this great quote where he says, their tunes are hot, their faces are not. What we need is sex appeal and try to encourage women to join as majorettes. <laughs> so in that era, you start having women join in the for both military band and pep band, but just as women dancing around, which is still important. I mean, that's the orig- basically the original drum major were these women. And it's interesting because when you see throughout World War II, one of the women who was the head majorette or drum major... Her name was Billy Keaton. She was not only one of the kind of most famous people, kind of popular people on campus, but she was in student government. She was the head of basically what the time was basically almost intramural women's swim club team. Because think about in that era, women could not swim NCAA for college. So even then, those women were like cornerstones. They were huge monumental members of the campus community. But once World War II really got into swing and not all the majority of the men especially those who could play musical instruments they were over in Europe in Japan fighting one of the band directors at the time EJ Marty he started forming what he called the all girls band and their first performance was them in 1943 sending males it was a send-off male students were getting on the train at the depot near what's now the transportation center and being sent to the, the rest of their training at Fort Lewis before being sent overseas into combat. And so there's this great picture from the Argonaut, but the captions of it itself don't really point to the how cool it was. But you see these women holding sousaphones and stuff at the platform, and I feel that was the first time the all-girl band performed in public. So that's basically the first time women in what we would consider a form of our marching band or pep band were playing in public. And eventually that band would play at sport events partway through the war basically college football as we know it halted because they had so few men playing football but they made up for it on campus with intramural football and the campus because it was a flagship land-grant university did have military training taking place there so the military cadets would play some of the civilian men on campus so women in the band would still show up to that and ej marty was who i mentioned before he was instrumental because he not only incorporated women into band, but his wife, Ruth, she was a part of the faculty for the physical education department, so she also helped facilitate an environment where women could achieve at high levels in marching band. And after World War II, at first there was kind of a thing back into, oh, it's mostly men. But that didn't last very long, because they saw how much bigger of a band you could have, including women. You could have a band that looked like the size of big Eastern and Midwestern bands. Plus, they also realized... Some of our best musicians are women, too. So, big modernizing step. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's great to hear. Um, and so, the inclusion of women is a really big step in the band. Can we take a this a quick look at the entire history of the band? Are there big milestones throughout the decades that um, are really big changes um, for the band? Or big just big milestones that, that come to mind for you? Can you give us like a decade by decade, kind of like what's the big thing from that decade? So 1920s, you're basically just a handful of guys, usually never more than 15 guys, because they can't afford to have more than 15 guys in the band, and they're constantly struggling for funding. One occasion in about 1921, they actually managed to get permission to have a dance in the administration building, and they were used it as a fundraiser, and it was described as basically lasting all night. Could imagine what's going on. Mm-hmm. Really, nothing has ever changed. 
What's interesting is that at the beginning, they don't, these guys don't have a faculty director. And it isn't until in 1924, a gentleman from the Midwest, kind of starts a trend of Midwestern guys being director, a guy named David Nivell Jr., he became their first faculty director, and he took a lot of steps to promote them achieving their best sound, their best image. And he'd also host people, he was a music professor, he'd also host people at his own home and have dinner for everyone. So already kind of starting that sense of camaraderie between the band members as well as a level of trust with their director. And he was at Idaho a few years, here until 1928 when he left to go back to Chicago. Moving forward, what about after the war? Are there some things that were um, really memorable for the band or a big change for them or a big step? Yeah, so after the war, Marty leaves to go to Arkansas. He ends up helping the Arkansas Razorback Band become known as the Marching 100. So he... And when was Marty again? He was the mid to late 40s. After him, you have a clarinet professor named Kermit Hosh, and he kind of continues... Marty's work of expanding the band to be bigger, closer to what we consider a collegiate-style marching band, and including women. In that era, you get kind of the first uniform that isn't a military uniform in a long time. You have these glorious mustard-yellow uniforms, which actually now are starting to kind of look like a pride gold color. And alumni, both between Argonaut articles and interviews I've had with alumni from that era, some people thought they were the coolest uniform ever. Most of them just go, ah, <laughs> hideous, most hideous thing ever. But definitely grew in that era, obtained more funding, but it's college marching band. It's always, it's always a race to see how much funding you can get before more people join. <laughs> and in that era, they're still playing in the, so we were talking earlier about, we had, you had McLean Field. Mm -hmm. After that, they get Neal Stadium, which is was basically the footprint of where we now have the Kibbe Dome. When they had broken ground for Neal Stadium in the late 30s, a great quote from, at the time, football coach Ted Bank. He was also basically the athletics director. And he looked down there and he said, right down there is where we're going to raise a fine crop of touchdowns someday. In the grass of the <laughs> Palouse. So by 1937, they have a new stadium. And when you see the pictures, it's, it can hold at full capacity over 22,000 people. That's more than the Kibbe Dome can currently hold. But by the 50s into the 60s, it was deteriorating because nobody had really, I guess, made a point to really maintain the structure. So it just became this giant mud pit. And multiple alums have told me stories even into the 60s before the, they finally banned it after the main structure burned down. Talk about how they'd march through there and lose shoes. they just get sucked off your feet and you would never find them. So there was probably an entire cemetery of marching happened. band and possibly football players' shoes underneath the Kibbe Dome I think today. I've had that happen to me once or twice in the town while I'm walking across that when it's muddy. Yeah, <laughs> that, that pollutes soil. It'll suck your shoes off. So I know there's been... It's always a challenge to get funding. And of course, uh, Spencer, our director, tells us about it all the time. But the marching band, was this in the 70s? was having trouble um, finding funding yeah. through... Um, can you tell us what happened before and after this this time? So it's... The context of it is... So in Idaho history, this is an era where people were deciding, let's 
pay fewer and fewer taxes. We're not gonna have as much taxes. And so I realized, oh, we don't have as much funding for universities anymore. Well, what's gonna hit the cutting block first? Among those first things, athletic bands. So Boise, junior, college, state, whatever they wanna be, they lost theirs. Idaho State University lost theirs for a while. And University of Idaho is at a crossroads. Like, we're gonna lose it. And the band, people like Dan Buckbitch, basically director at the time, went to different groups associated with the university. Will you help us? Will you save us, essentially? And the group that stood up and stepped up for the occasion was the associate students of the University of Idaho, the students. Which makes us to this very day unique that we are funded by the students and we are for the students. As Spencer often says, that's why we, the band, that's why usually they play, yeah, to play, them, to, play to the for students. Homecoming. Yeah, except for select exceptions, yeah. the band typically plays towards the students because they're the ones who fund the, the ensemble and it's very much for them. So for the students, by the students, for the people, by the people. And is that why they also, while there be Al, whoever is the voice of the Vandal band, always says the associated students that have years, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that, he, that he, little spiel at the beginning of the, spe- at the speech of halftime, yep. he always says that. He, he always recognizes them. Has it ever not rained on homecoming? I think there was one when I was in college at some point. 2012. 2012, yeah, that'd be my sophomore year. I, sophomore I, don't think year. It, I don't think it rained last year, but, I mean, it was, I we expect it. Rained, it. I don't think it rained it just always, in it's 2016. Always, it's always cold. Nasty. It's always been cold. It's always been cold or just wet, not rain, but just. Mm-hmm. I think it's because of the time of year we never had. So yeah. far as I've been here, I was a freshman in twenty eleven. Don't think we've ever had homecoming past the second, almost third week of October, which is wise because we may have a dome, but homecoming at University of Idaho has a lot of outdoor components, which. Yeah. It's great because we have a beautiful campus, one of the most beautiful in the country. Beautiful campus. But when it's 30 degrees and it's snowing and then raining and then doing who knows what on you, it's not quite so beautiful anymore. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you learned about from like the more, let's call it modern days of the band? Let's say like the... Well, modern be like the 80s and 90s but like so, is there any interesting stuff from like the like the 1990s to now you'd say yeah so since about i'd say the 70s maybe earlier the band has played at multiple nfl games seems like we had quite a few more seahawks appearances in the 90s and when i've watched old footage of Vandal Band playing at Seahawks games in the 90s. It's such a throwback because you see the Kingdome. You see the old version of what we now know as Blitz the mascot and it looks terrifying. You have the Seagulls and... <laughs> the Kingdome was cool. I, I loved it. Anyone listening to this has never never got to see the Kingdome in person. You're missing oh, out. Yeah. I remember seeing the band playing the band play at Central, not Cinnamon. They were on Quest Field back then, and they played in the, they did, I want to say it was, they did bins, and I'm like, I can't remember what year I was saying, it was like 2008, 2009, or something that, like that. That would be around then. It just was then, so cool because to watch that. I've actually met multiple band members now, they're alumni, people who are older than me and younger than me, where 
They had never met each other before, but they all saw the band at that game and decided that's how they wanted to be at go to Idaho and be in the marching band. So you're like the sixth to seventh person I've heard where they happen to be there at that game, see that and go, I'm not going to WSU or UW or wherever you go when you're in Washington. I'm going to Idaho. I'm going to be in the band. So never underestimate the marching band as a tool for vandal recruitment. And you kind of see that a lot in this. I feel like it's probably always been a thing, but in the nineties, band 90s, is always a recruiting tool. Yeah, I mean it's been a recruiting tool since the twenties. So, but <laughs> you said you uh, have watched a lot of footage of the band. Um, was there anything watching those clips and a lot of them silent and a lot of them black and white and old stuff, but also more contemporary stuff? Was there anything there that really stuck, you know, stood out to you? Any clips or scenes? Well, the silent video from the fifties is interesting because not only do you see just how loud those uniforms were. But you see how small the band is. You get to see the Palouse. You see Moscow and the campus, and you're like, oh, nothing I know exists yet in that video. <laughs> Could you, like, guess, like, oh, they're playing this song? or Yeah. Or you can tell, like, oh, they're playing the fight song at this point. Yeah. I love that they would make a little shape of Idaho now. It's kind of hard. It's in the Kibbe Dome. You can do drill that's shapes, but at the same time, you can't because... Like you... the arch of the... Yeah, it's, the, it's a the very shallow the... stadium. Yeah. If you've ever been in a large college football stadium yeah. and then go to the dome. Or Ohio State, like imagine playing, that's why like Ohio State yeah. gets all the, the fancy, fancy like two million, three million views a halftime show video, but we get 900 to 1,000 views a week. I like listening to stuff from the 70s with Robert Spevichek because you start, I mean, all the stuff that has sound, you're hearing good stuff to some degree. But the 70s with Spev is where you really start to hear a lot of what we now consider the vandal sound. And they're doing things that nobody else is doing. One of them, the first time I watched one from about the early to mid-70s, sounded like it had this huge drum line. They were in sync, loud, but like perfect. And then Spence says, look at the bottom of the screen. It was the smallest drum, college drum line I'd ever seen, even for old videos. And they were still sounding awesome. And I think that's the thing about the University of Idaho Marching Band is that whether it's when I was here as a, my freshman year where it was just a little bit, probably around 150 people, or today where we have, I believe Spence said this morning, 275 people, maybe more. Jeez. We, we have, the band has always been able to make do and sound awesome. And you hear bands like ones from the Deep South and the Midwest where they have boatloads of money constantly showing up and they sound great which is nice but we don't have to have those boatloads of money to sound just as good it'd be cool if we had boatloads of money but we really don't have that. yeah we don't and we we make do with what we got exactly so moving on to more of the modern times shannon jack what would you say is your favorite personal experience and your like how'd you join the band and what was your say is your favorite just tell us about your time in the the band like what did you do what was your favorite moment how'd you join how did it improve you as a person if you want to say that shannon let's start with you oh okay so i was in the band 2011 through 2015 and i was really inspired to go to be in the band really go to u of i in general when I attended Future Vandal Game Day in 2010, that was my senior year of high school, drove down with friends from Post Falls, Idaho. And for those who aren't familiar, 
Future Vandal Game Day is when the band invites high school seniors and juniors to kind of check it out. It's kind of like Imagine for football, kind of a scouting, recruiting period. But it's band people. If you've ever been at the one game a year where there's like 9 million bajillion people in the stands by the band section, that's what I'm talking about. And it was my first time really seeing a college marching band up close. And I was blown away between seeing them for the first time in Haddock in the School of Music and then seeing them perform that year they were doing their disco show. That's also, fun fact, the last year they ever brought the kids out on the tailgate. <laughs> After that, they couldn't bring kids out there anymore. So that shows when I tell people... <laughs> no more that, high schoolers at tailgate. Yeah, when I tell people, in fact, that was part of that last group, like, you're so old, my thanks. <laughs> and, but yeah, what stood out to me was just how much fun people were having... How friendly everyone was, and when I showed up, it was even better. What were your, some of your favorite experience? Like, was that like your favorite experience, or was there like say a um say moment? Because that's a that's another to ask TATC later. But was there like say I mean, what really struck you about the yeah, band? Was, yeah, like, like once yeah. you were in it and doing it, um, what was that like for you? Yeah. So it was really cool because I got to learn about myself, about how something. After being in the band, nothing was too difficult to overcome. I learned a lot, whether it was with music, marching, working with other people. Kind of put in the, gave me the mindset of there's nothing you can't overcome or can't do, and if you just can't do it anyways, then maybe it just it was dumb. It's a terrible way to look at life, but no, it isn't. A lot of fun memories were things like going on trips. We did two during my years in college in YC, and it was awesome because we perform at the Treasure Valley Festival of Bands. And all those, like, zillions of high school kids from the Boise, Treasure Valley area would watch us. And the next week, they'd see Boise State's Ken Stein, Blue Thunder, zillion words describe their title band playing on the blue turf. And so for us, it was not only a fun trip and inspiring to see the kids excited, but there was still that sense of you have to perform well, not just for their sake. Because next week, they're going to see the Pony School Band. And they have we have to, you know... We have to beat them. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it. Also, plus when you're on band trips, you get to get to you get to know people. You get to learn them on a more personal level than just in your band section or your squad next to the same four people you see every day. Yeah, because I mean you're stuck with people on a bus for, for five for... hours, five six hours. I mean it's exactly day. like hanging out with you know people at work, but outside of work, it's like you yeah. all still have that shared base um those relationships but then things start to to build from there and you get to um get to know more about folks and you get to kind of you know let loose because you don't have to perform you don't have to practice you have to wait on a bus for five and a half hours go out if you you choose to do a sandwich (laughs) at six in the morning yeah i think one of my favorite experiences that's after i graduated in 2015 one of the tater shots I'm talking about the Tater Bowl. <laughs> That's a good one. 2016, as we know, University of Idaho played Colorado State in the Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise. At that time, I was in my second year of graduate school at Colorado State. And as the game was shaping up, like, oh, is it going to be a Mountain West school of this? What's happening? And I'm like, oh, what's it going to be? Is Idaho and my other alma mater place going to be in there? And as soon as they announced it, U of I and CSU. Everybody at CSU and everybody at U of I they were like blasting me with emails and <laughs> phone calls and stuff. What's going on? And 
I really wanted to be there. I wanted to be by the Idaho band. So I emailed Spence immediately. Hey, can I do pictures or anything to be there? He says, how about you learn the show? So I studied drill and the music at home for the next few weeks. I also scouted the CSU band because their practice field was right down the street from my apartment. And in many ways, marching band is just like sports, including going and doing surveillance. <laughs> research on your opponent. Okay. It was so cold. It was, so fun. Cold. It was so, so cold. Fun. It was awesome. My slide froze shut. <laughs> so, Jack, how'd you tell us about your your time in the band? Kind of like Shannon, your yeah. Joined... So, so I um, was so in school we... from 2013 through what you know, spring of 2017, and did marching band all that time. Um, I wasn't gonna do marching band coming out of high school. I did like band and. Uh, drama in high school those are like my little extracurriculars and i was so much more of a drama kid marching band was like it was fine um but nothing really i considered doing in college um i knew i was going to come to u of i after doing envision idaho in the fall and then randall friday in the spring because um after touring the campus everyone was just so friendly and it was gorgeous and it just seemed like a place i could really um find a lot to do and it would help uh my degree uh and then someone, um, a previous alumni, she hit me up and was like, hey, I see you're coming to U of I and like you're not doing band because the band director at my high school is an alum. Um, and she's like, you should really just check it out. And this is like four weeks before the semester starts. And I was like, eh, okay, I'll check it out. And I don't know if it was five minutes into showing up on band camp day that Tuesday, but... I knew it was it was the place for me, and it was awesome. And only from then did I just learn to love it more and more. The, the culture was so incredible with these people who wanted to have fun. Um, and something I've internalized a lot now that I've taken away from band is that um, it's important to perform. You know, you want to be on your A game. You want to be representing yourself well. You want to be um, performing well. Um, but you can have so much fun doing it. Um, and, you know, you can't get the fu let the fun get in the way of it, but they don't have to be mutually exclusive. You can really be goofy and professional at the same time. And that's something I've taken with me um, for the rest of my life here. It's just been really, really incredible. And it's just so much gosh darn fun um, to be in that band. And it gives you a platform to express yourself um, and to explore new things. And, I mean, I learned how to dance in the Vandal Marching Band. Uh, I Wait, went to you didn't know how before? Like... I, I, there were a couple hints in high school that I, that I might have known what I was doing, but it really didn't. I didn't hit my stride until band, where you're given a platform um, to to do these things, and you can see. Oh, wait a second! This guy's really, really cool in his dancing, and then so I can kind of do my own dancing, and then you know have a glimmer in my eye that I might wear a white hat one day. Yeah. And then when I finally get to, it was just. I mean, it was satisfying before, but that was just so validating um, that what I'm doing and what I'm really enjoying, other people enjoy as well. Um, yeah, it's just, band's just been the best. And they're really, they're really fun outside of the performance, too. Really good yeah. kids. All my friends are band kids now, and that's <laughs> was not something I expected. Yeah. Well, for me, it was different. I didn't go to Future Vandal Game Day. I didn't even know where I wanted to go until, gosh, what was it like? January of 2012 I was not said I was going to go to somewhere else like Central Washington or BCC for those folks that might for from Western Washington back then but I got the some special application I applied got in went to 
Vandal Friday it was back then, and saw the band perform. My mom was like, you're doing band your freshman year, whether you like it or not, kind of thing. She was like, you have to do something. This is the one thing I'm going to make you do for sure. Because I did band in high school like everybody else. I was, I was, I didn't play in the pet band for, we didn't have marching band in high school. We had a pet band, and I was on the football team, so I didn't play. Had to pick one, and I, I chose football, but... <laughs> But that after, like, when I came in here my freshman year, I was kind of a quiet, quiet person, didn't really know a lot of people. And then once after, I kind of moved, I'd say moved away, but, like, once that season ended after my freshman year, I was kind of like, I miss this group of folks. Like, I was like, you kind of don't know what you have till it's gone, if that's the right way to put it. Definitely. Because, like, then, like, once stuff happened over 2013, I don't want to go into a whole big detail about it, I stuff I had to work on. Uh, but, uh, I came back in the fall of 2013 with Dishes the New Attitude of, I'm going to give the band 110%, just go in there over, just be, go crazy, just overemphasize everything, just have fun and live it, like, just, just have fun with everything, not just pretend like it's another, just have fun with everything, really. Yeah, you realize how great it is, and if you can take the reins on it, you yeah. can really have a blast. Yeah, just like you mentioned, it wasn't, you know, band season ended, you know, in December 25th, you know, after yeah. your last football game, and then I just felt, I don't want to say empty, but that's not an inaccurate word. I was just yeah. like, I, I was like, close. oh God, I can't let this go. You know, yeah, I could I not do another season without band. Yeah. Um, because you form such close friendships, and then yeah. to not see those people every not day see all those of a sudden, it's for like, weird. It's like weird. It's like you see them at like say Bob's or in the comments, like hey, mm-hmm. bye. Yeah, it's it's not weird. Like everyone has that bond. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now into the fun part of the band, the marching band at TATC. Yes. And we're gonna start out with one from uh, Cocky Nation, which for I'm guessing some of our listeners is uh, as you already know is the Jacksonville State. From, yeah, another STS podcast. And for those that don't, they they said they're from the Jacksonville State University in Alabama. And he has a couple of questions. We'll start with the first one. Uh, What style of shows do y'all do? We do a DCI BOA, which I'm guessing is Band of America? Yeah. Styled shows. So is it different than those kind of shows? I would say yes. In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. We definitely have high expectations from percussion, although everybody across the board. But it's not in some ways the traditional structured show where there's a spe- there's a theme, but it's not necessarily in your face. We're playing the music of ABBA, and we're gonna have somebody narrate it or something. You know, something very structured. You just kind of count us off, and we go in. Yeah, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. It's often very abstract. There's things going on. There's stuff from engineering involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll admit I don't know much about other marching bands. Yeah. Um, that's because this experience for me has been so its own thing. It's not like we're a marching band. I've got I love other marching yeah. bands, and, uh, but the shows we've got are Spencer, our director, um, who also. Um, writes a decent bit of the music or, you know, is with the writers there, um, has this great line where it's, if you can be the best at what you do, that's great. But if you can be the only ones doing what you do, that's even better. Um, so he's really tried to push the boundaries. And so essentially the show is you get four tweets on the whistle. 
drum line starts going. There's probably an eight count drum break. Um, and then we go into some pop tune or something memorable. Dad and it's rock. a big, it's a big mashup, you know, there's yeah. always, you know, some dad rock meaning like eighties, you know, Def Leppard or some Rolling Stones or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've done Aerosmith yet, but I wouldn't put it past us. Yeah. Not yet. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a mashup of several different songs that you want the audience to get, and you want them to be like, oh, that sounds kind of cool, and oh, that's kind of familiar, and oh, it's this song, and as soon as they think, yeah, they've got it, um, you do once through the chorus, and then boom, you're on to something else, and we like putting in props, we like putting in gags, we had two um, drum majors, and for us, the drum major is a person dancing around yeah, with or not, without a baton it's not, there's no conducting yeah. for our band it all goes off snare one yeah um or bass eight in most cases <laughs> which is impressive because i've seen some college bands where if they don't have somebody waving their arms up there they're just lost yeah yeah um and then i think you, they were on a unicycle yeah. we made an airplane there were fire extinguishers yeah. as jets um we've made partnered we've made it yeah we've partnered with the uh college of engineering and we have these dank uh sunglasses. knock around sunglasses with leds on them that can all be controlled yeah. by a laptop and they've Just got you know several different colors everything. and it's really cool because you can turn them on or off yeah. when you want and they can strobe or they can hold one color yeah. and even like we can do you can do like two different sets you can have the glasses set in one one spot and then you can have the band out and do something else like, yes yeah, you know, so we, we do have, this like, we do like for i think for like homecoming was some years we've done it where like we have like the, the glasses are the block eye with the lights and then we then like the band goes out and does the the script vandals and so it makes the whole logo, yeah. but band kids lying down to make the, the curse the, of vandals yeah. with the big blocky eyes where we've left her sunglasses. And you don't really see it. Everyone's kind of there in the eye and kind of fiddles around and then disappears. And, oh, they're doing vandals. And as soon as that last person hits the ground, it's, oh, eye. And it's just so, so cool. Um, and we actually have 16 different channels we could program those on. So if we planned it out, like, awesome enough, we could do some really crazy effects with those. But okay. that's for another day. One of the other things that I think is really cool about the shows we do, um, and I'm, maybe a lot of other bands are doing yeah. this, but you wanted really to re be trying to um, getting new songs out there that are really hitting hard, um, you know, big meme songs or just big pop songs, and you want to have those in your next show. So kind of have to play like old, like I know like Old Town Road. Yeah, like this year we're doing summer, like, like play it like yeah we're doing Old Town Road um, in the show, and it's as a short now, so we can play it whenever we want, tailgating yeah. or at pet band and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we did Gongam style and the dance. Um, that was really. Fun. I mean, I love that. <laughs> uh, what does the fox say? Anyone remember that song? Yep. Yes. Now I do too. Um, and so that's that's been that's been a real treat. And then the next question from Cocky Nation is, uh, do y'all dance, do y'all have dance line or and majorettes on the field or just one of the two? So we have a color guard. We don't, and then we do have, we have, I think we have two majorettes this year. Not necessarily majorettes in kind of the traditional or kind of southern sense. I guess they might call them twirlers to me. It's all the same realm of people, usually women, doing cool, basically dance moves, almost acrobatics, and having props and twirling the baton. Yeah, spinning stuff. Um, we've got yeah the color guard there, which is what you'd imagine, you know, the flags. Um, but we also have we've partner a lot with the Spirit Squad during our games, um, which is a combo of our cheerleaders and the They're dance team. Um, and so those groups of gals do a lot together. And dudes, because there's the dude cheerleaders. Um, but yeah, cheer will often come onto the field and makes a really great finale to do some tosses, some spit, um, some stunting. 
and then the dance team also. So that might be the closest um, group we work with um, during shows. Okay. And then this guy, I don't know if you guys, I don't, I don't, I don't know why he asks these kind of questions. Chris Hammond asked, craziest thing to happen or see or have seen while doing the rounds during the tailgates? Well, man, there's some other folks who should be here for this one. There's a seafood cookout, you know, classic southern seafood cookout. You boil a bunch of crap in a pot. No, I'm talking like moments, like have you seen like any like crazy like stunts that have happened or stuff like Uh, that? Well, one time, it was like probably my junior year. I know the odd one I've always seen is like, we've always, I've never seen it happen in the band. I've heard stories of it happening, but I always see like the drunk fans try and always try and give the band members drinks and i've always seen like you always see like the person trying shotgun a, an adult beverage but never actually work i know there's some empty jello cups i've seen after after certain things uh scott green did one though can we just like yeah can we all we'll quick round you know, there's certain members who are 21 in the band and yeah yeah at, like, actual tailgate tailgate? Oh, I remember, well, I guess it's kind of a tailgate, but this was at Wazoo when we played Wazoo in 2013 or 14. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, guy off to the, uh, the side cougar fan. Fireball! Anyone want a shot of fireball? Yelling at the band. <laughs> I was kind of like, whoa. Yeah. I'm glad we have friends over here. I remember there was this, I think it was my junior, maybe my senior year, somewhere in there. And we were invited to play during tailgate because it was somebody's birthday. And somehow me and some other people ended up inside someone's RV, and we almost didn't get out of there. And we were like fighting with the door. Trying to give them to give get us out. Yeah, we're like we have to get out. We're watching, looking through the tiny window of the door, watching the van go away. And we're like, oh no. Okay. Did the end of the cadence cadence start during a tailgate, or is that a serpentine? End of the cadence. Yeah. That was a. That wasn't Renfrew, or was that? That was serpentine. Because I think that happened during Renfrew, but it was like not funny. Serpentine was kind of funny. Renfrew, it was. Yeah. Things went south. Next next question, kind of pick things up a little bit. Another one from Cocky Nation. What is the biggest performance the Vandal Band has done? For example, ours are Macy's, Italy, jealous. London, really jealous. Band of America Grand Nationals in Hawaii. Wow. I would... I, I know it seems kind of, I'd say, small, but I'd say probably the biggest one I've... At least I've been a part of that we played in would be... Uh, and this is just strictly talking for marching band. I'd say it's probably the Potato Bowl. Being on ESPN, national stage, playing in a bowl game was probably the biggest performance, at least that I've been a part of. Yeah, same for me. We factored in basketball band. It'd probably be a few, one of our NCAA appearances for the women's team. But yeah, marching bands, strictly, probably the Potato Bowl. Maybe one of the WSU games. They have a much bigger stadium than us. Prior to my time, definitely the NFL games. Okay. Distance-wise... I mean, basketball band, gone to Connecticut, Texas. For the band itself, marching band. 
I don't Back know. in the day, they went to yeah. Canada. Yeah. Yeah, as far as non-athletic performances, I mean, it's like pretty... Just keeping it to marching band. Small like, potato. Right now, but I, could you say probably Jay Potato Bowl? Oh, the biggest performance I've had is in the Potato Bowl. Maybe Baylor. Reno is like a cold week. Reno being yeah. the Big Sky yeah. basketball tournament. Um, we'll get to that later. But we'll get to we'll get to Reno. Quite we'll gone get, to London. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to. You gotta have money we'll get, to go we'll to get London. To, yeah, we'll get to the other. We'll get to basketball band stuff later. Okay. <laughs> kind of a quick question then. What is it like in the stands for the Vandal Band? It's, I'd say it's just it's very. It's kind of laid back, casual. Just kind of watch the game as it happens. Lit. Um, it's a, it's a lot of different yeah, things. It's, you know, it's it's a it's a two or three hour experience. So yeah. there's highs and lows. I mean, like um, you get to watch sometimes good bad football, sometimes bad football, but it's but I mean it's kind of it's it's kind of what you make it because there's different sections. There'll be like sections that could be not interested in the game at all. There could be some sections or certain members like me, for example, that are really into the football game no matter what, that love to complain about or analyze every little bit. For me, it's just dancing all the time. Every time some stadium song comes on that's not like Crazy Train, you know, something that's actually groovy, um, I'm getting up and I'm throwing down and I'm trying to get that big screen time, um, which ends up being a lot more successful when you're not in the band. It's a lot of fun. You're... Paying attention while having fun, you're paying attention to Spencer and to the game because what happens in the game kind of determines what song you're going to play next, if you're not going to play something next. Yeah. And you're there the duration of the game. Even if people yeah. are lame and all leave, mm-hmm. you're still there. Yeah, it gets kind of like we said, it kind of makes it what it makes it, what we, it's kind of what we make mm-hmm. it. Final band, final marching band question. Do y'all have any special, <laughs> special traditions? I... If we're keeping it strictly marching band, professional, I'd say the beer song. That's kind of the mm-hmm. that's kind of the that's kind of our 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 shtick. I know Iowa plays it as their victory polka, which is they have their thing, they can do it that way. I know University of Wyoming marching band plays it. I don't know where they play it. I think it's kind of played it like kind of whenever they wanted to, which is not when it should happen. It should be at the end of games. It's it's so baked into the game, yeah. but I think every time we're um doing big coordinated motions during struts, you know, uh, or the drum line plays a cadence and there's all these different cadences and we've got particular moves and dances um, that go along with different ones. I mean, the booty cadence is less of a dance, more of a adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, But that's something that will never die from that band. So I think you can call it a tradition, but I, you know, I almost don't even think of it that way because it's so just baked into my experience there. I like dressing up for fun during Serpentine. That tradition goes all the yeah. way back to almost the beginning, wearing fun costumes or pajamas. Yeah. Serpentine's another one where you can just kind of have fun while being, well, just, just having fun. Yeah. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in, the, born in majestic Big Sky Country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho. 8% of their profits are donated to local Idaho causes, supporting organizations like CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for powwow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. 
Visit MontuckyColdStacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. Yeah. I know we. I know I talk about marching band being my favorite favorite time of the year, but like another my that you could call it like a one A one B kind of thing. But my second favorite or my uh, other favorite thing at this university is basketball. Man, basketball band is my favorite thing in the world. I know like the. When the football team's not good or anything like that, you can always look forward to the having the, the, until last year, the just basketball band is having fun with the well, same group of people you get to have. Just, it's just a whole different game. It's so much, so much fun. Plus, it, there's things you can do in basketball band that you can't do in marching band because you have, it's a smaller group of people, which makes it more in a more intimate setting, but it's also easier to do stuff. Like if you want to start a certain chant, you can almost do that in the marching band. It requires a lot more work, a lot more planning ahead. Basketball game, like, meat fence! And then people start shouting meat fence for a stupid thing we decide to shout. Basketball band S-tier. It is so much fun. Uh, I mean, of course, I love marching band, um, but getting into basketball band was such a blast because, yeah, like Shannon was mentioning, it's smaller, so you... Um, it's more intimate. It's more intimate, and also, like, you have... It's like if the, mar- it's like the marching platform. band had a concentrate. Yeah, well, and it's also most of the people in basketball band. Um, you know, marching band has people who have a lot going on in their lives. Yeah. Um, but basketball band, it's like you're there because you really, really want to be there. Uh, because you want to see um, our teams do well. You want to be there to support them. Um, but you can also go there and have tons of fun because, it's yeah, it's really concentrated people. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives you, you know, when there's only 40 people instead of 240, as I was you as an individual. A, you can make a connection to every, all other 39 members. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I mean, when you shout something, it's like they might be able to hear you. Yeah. I mean, beautiful campus. He was in, Martin, is your yeah. classic one. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, a, a, an arena can hear you. You can really feel close to the game and close to your players. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you been really cool. You can make really more cool. of that connection. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and in Mem Gym, let's just if I can segue into Mem Gym. Being... I know it's like I know it's like back in the the WNIT game this past year. That was that wasn't in the band for that, but just being there was like oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Um, Memorial Gymnasium, if you're not familiar, um, is a really old school style arena, um, and it's got two pairs of bleachers on the sides, but they're both like really high up, like ten feet above the ground and there's a little under anyway it's got a stage on one like end and like behind one of the hoops like think of i don't know my elementary school had this but it's like a stage that's just like three or four feet up off the ground it's built into the wall there and that's where the band gets to play so you pretty much have the best seat in the house Mm -hmm. and it also has big you know it's a big wooden thing and so you can have huge booming footsteps and stomps to really um put your influence into the game for excitement um or to uh, have your opponents concentrate a little harder on their free throws. Uh, Mem Gym's just the best. Uh, and you get to have such yeah. a view at the game. And um, for me, being such an egotistical dancing maniac, uh, you know, let I, loose I, a little more. I can, yeah, I can let loose a little more. I feel like I can be seen. I can make connections with um, folks in the crowd much more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really great. And we did once get the Idaho Vandals thing started where one side goes Idaho and the other side goes Vandals. Um, jokey i think i can call her that now but uh, a cheerleader was like man we should totally do this because there was a, some big 
Yeah. There was a big moment at the game. Where and it was just taking like forever. Um, some official paperwork kind of stuff. And so we got that started. And you could do that in MEM. You can do that in basketball band. And you, you yeah. can't do that you in a football You can do it in Cowan, game. but it's like, it's not you, as... You can't, yeah, you can't do that in a football game. Yeah. You can hardly do it at Cowan. I know the guy we got asked about that. What would you say is your favorite, your, let's see, your biggest performance, your favorite performance at, like, for basketball band, being that's different than football? Oh. Um, I'd say mine, well, Shannon, if you want to go with yours, because I'm pretty sure our, I think our Jack, I think I know what ours, ours might be. We could, we could start in the only one. So I was in basketball band way back in the day when we were in the WAC conference, and so we got to go down to Las Vegas. Basically, imagine having your spring break covered. You get to play basketball. Not play basketball. Play at the basketball game. Thank God I didn't play basketball for them. Uh, but you get to meet people from other bands. And when you're not playing at the game, you're walking around the strip and having fun. And so you know, you're not only having a fun time off the court, but then on the court. Because a lot of my favorite memories come from a few of those championship games for the women's teams where you had those buzzer beaters and stuff and they'd win and we'd all cheer and the women's basketball team would come over and thank us and it was just sing the fight song while we're playing it yeah it's just mad it was just magical yeah i'd say at least i know mine is probably reno i know our, our reno is the old bay is reno is where the basketball player was when i was there but also, I'd say my favorite basketball band trip would probably be Waco instead of Reno that year. Just being able to go play at the NCAA tournament, watching the women's team, just to be could have go have fun in Texas, go have. Yeah, fun. Reno for the Big Sky basketball tournament. It's cool. The Big Sky for yeah. a few years was meeting in Reno because yeah. it was a nice neutral city. It was in everyone's home, and it was pretty central for everyone locally. Um, but then it was just a big party because it's Reno and you're there for spring break for yeah. like five days. Um, but yeah. the women have this incredible performance that you know everyone yeah. loves to gush about. Taylor but, Pierce buzzer beater. Oh my my heart. Yeah. Oh, oh my it was God. so incredible. And that was the semifinals, is what I forget. That was quarterfinal. Yeah. Okay. So, Quarter but just final, this amazing that, that, performance. That run that year, and then they get to the tournament. Yeah, this the... this team's been so good all year, and then being challenged yeah. like that and overcoming, and it's yeah. just everyone plays such good yeah. damn basketball, um, and they're just such great people. But anyway, end up winning the tournament, yeah. end up because of course they would, and we uh, had the opportunity then to go to Waco, Texas, to play number one seed Baylor. Uh, Which, although they lost, it was fun to just to be able to plug, be like, watch the team I school. I went to school. I go to school, play in the big dance. Play in the big dance. Just oh. them, just being like they were on national TV. It's so cool. Um, and then just it was fun times. Mm-hmm. The trip there was also fun too. Yeah. Well, I remember being in there because we were there was a small volunteer band for when we were all watching i don't know if that's on espn yeah, but when they I, the announced the, the bracket i just remember watching seeing coach and so John we're there Daly's, with the coach and all the players and all and the support could, staff were in this room in, and uh, then you just see you the, everybody's cheering and then you see coach newly just you see his face just like oh, oh boy. <laughs> well that was like so for my time band we got to go to connecticut and iowa and the first time we went it was my sophomore year when I still remember when we had that little, like, event waiting to see where the team was going to go. And I just remember when they said, you're playing the top women's basketball team in the history of the sport. 
University of Connecticut, I just remember seeing everyone's jaws, like even Spencer's jaws, just like, whoa! Which, the team did their best, despite basically playing a borderline professional team. Had a great time, and I still remember after the game at the hotel, they were hanging out with us for the band, we were having a lot of fun, and when we were in Connecticut for the band, we got to do stuff like go to Mark Twain's house, go to the old state house. I have a great memory of Spencer. He wanted to go on the ghost tour, and when he found out that they weren't doing ghost tours, he's like, I want to go on the ghost tour. And he, this has this very Sad sassy face. Yeah, it's like the ghosts. Yeah, like it's okay, Spencer. We have ghosts and ride and blah. Oh God, I know our story. Like our, our, like when we were in Waco, it was kind of fun. We got to go to the Doctor Pepper Museum. Was it? Yeah, it was the old Doctor Pepper Have plant. some barbecue. Mm-hmm. Made some friends in Waco. Yeah. Um, well, they had some, I'll say, bonding time with, like, the band, basketball band again, and, yeah. It's just a real nice time. Mm-hmm. And things are bigger in Texas. Getting onto that, like, bus after AC getting off the bus. plane. Oh, the seats were big. The leg room. I had a great time in Waco. Yeah, we all had a good time in Waco. Thanks, band supporters. Yeah. <laughs> and being that it's, the basketball band is very special to, I'd say, all of us. It's a smaller, it's a smaller community tight-knit community i got some i got some special questions for you that you guys don't know from beforehand from one taylor pierce i don't know if you Aww. you know dude you, you, yes. know, you know her dude she's the best hi taylor okay Aww. oh oh yeah. geez okay yeah, two questions Whew. she's got two questions for us one they're both from the team but first question what was what's your favorite thing about playing at the women's basketball games? Well, it's the women basketball players. I mean, not to just like totally be like uh, 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 you know back at you, but like those gals are such great athletes and they're such great people off the court. Every time I've ran into someone, every time I've talked to someone, they're um, always so nice. Everyone's so nice and mm-hmm. so supportive and friendly, and then they just get buckets like mad. One, um, two, three, points. Well, and also, like, and with women's basketball um, nationally, but also at this university, um, you know, there's not as many attendees at most of the games. And so even that is a more tight-knit, intimate yeah. community that's really, really passionate about what's going on and about the Reason amazing stuff coming out of this yeah. team um, in the past and now in the future. I'm just always stoked to watch women's basketball here at the U of I. And a lot of, I mean, my thoughts, exactly. I remember when I lived on campus, there were a few times, I was at Bob's, the establishment, formerly known as Bob's, and I was like the hub or something. And I was in there by myself, and it was like, Connie Ball, Sarah, and a bunch of people from the women's basketball team were like, hey, are you Shannon from the band? I'm like, they know my name. Come over here and sit with us. It was like, I was in awe. I was so excited. And yeah, they're they're a class act on the court, off the court, much good at whatever they're doing yeah it's always just i've always noticed like it's always gonna be a fun competitive game no matter what even if i know it's like for me it's like if i was having a bad day i know like if they're the basketball game that night i'd always have a great mood going into that being able to know i could watch just a fun game with john newley and his friends <laughs> i don't say friends but yeah. just john newley and uh, the team there it would always be a fun fun time yeah, I've got my trombone signed by yeah, the I, last year's I got team. Mine right, I got mine signed by Taylor, oh. Taylor, Michaela, and Jerry, too. It's Dang. so happy. Yeah, I'm so happy about that. And I've got jerseys, too. You. <laughs> I still have all my posters. They're stored away somewhere, but I have them. 
last last basketball band question for us today. How do you come up with ways to heckle opposing to heckle the opposing team? Um, the best thing about basketball band is that, like we were mentioning earlier, it's a smaller platform. Well, it's it's more concentrated. I don't know. So the individual, you're really empowered. If you have an idea, if you dream it, you can do it. Jaylin, who has a great yelling voice, she's just incredible. Um, she was just reading Doctor Seuss yeah. like two years ago. Just kinda, uh, you can just you can kind of freestyle at a basketball game. Yeah, you can really go off the chain. Like you can freestyle. Game, Where does it come from? I mean, mostly you're just kind of like BS with like, your just friends. Just be like one night can be like. Oh we well, okay. Chanting, so like, so, so a lot of it. Yeah, like we speak, we're thinking about like we think of like. I know sometimes we come we kind of like say for take Idaho State for example because this weekend's homecoming. You would think of like I know like sometimes the band will think of chants that relate to that school or think of stuff that we can use for that or just. Yeah, if there's a relationship... Pick a random food and we just use that kind like of Like with ISU, I mean, it's like you've got all the in-state stuff. So we yeah. can chant land flagship, grant. land grant, our dome is better because they yeah. also have a dome if it's older but lamer. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you can be really absurd and just stuff that makes zero sense, well, but that's why it's awesome. Sometimes you can be very specific. First thing you do when you get to a basketball game, you grab a roster. And you Because you're looking for... Familiar. You look at your opponents, you look at their numbers, you look at their names. Um, the head coach for... Portland State. His name is Bunky Harkle Road. He's probably a great coach. Don't want to hate on the guy at all. But a name like Bunky Harkle Road, you just can't not have fun with that. Um, You always take. It's it's like what it's like what coaches do. We scout ahead and we think of stuff ahead of time. You observe the game and you see what's going on. I think it was um, Sacramento State. Oh gosh, is that where Bunky's from? But they start doing some defensive shift where all these Hornet players start moving around and it looks like a tornado, a big swarm of bees. So you just start yelling, buzz, not buzz, the bees. Buzz. Yeah, yeah. You're making fun of mascots. Um, yeah. You're not making fun of names and stuff, but there's some numbers here and there. Um, yeah, you, you, it was his. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Number one is just the best because you could do your number one. And then, of course, it was his hat, Mr. Krabs. And the whole band gets it by then. He was number one! Everyone can get together. <laughs> and after doing this enough, you realize the little mimetic things, the things that come back that everyone yeah. can touch on, so it's like everyone gets the end of that chant. Um, but you're mostly having fun watching the game, BSing with your friends just like you would at home or something, but yeah. then yelling at the TV really works. Yeah. <laughs> but you always want to be respectful. Um, yeah. Something really early you I said wanna, on the show was... We don't want to, like, you don't want to push the list to where, like, you get told after. Like, no, no, because we don't want to be dicks. Yeah. Like, we you still want to have here, we want to be sportsmen-like, yeah. but it doesn't mean we can't have a little fun, a little good fan, you mm-hmm. know, ribbing. Um, and so you always want to be professional. You can still be goofy and really be, yeah. like, out there. Not necessarily towing a line, but, um, you know, being goofy, pushing a, a button or mm-hmm. here in a, in a sportsman-like, friendly way. And, and we're never trying to, like, be mean, um, but we're just uh, being disarming, you know, yeah. really trying uh, get in someone's head in a different kind of way. Um, you make them remember us. Yeah. We want we want people to remember yeah, even the if, Vandal like, pet If you're band. not going to remember the score of the game, just remember, like, we made you, obviously, remember to laugh, but, like, mm-hmm. you remember us. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like to play to, Idaho now. We have to deal with their band again. Well, and I like to make relationships with you know opponents if I can. You know, I've been dancing enough, and you know, gotten some people to dance with me because like it's fun. It's you know, we're all here for the same love of the same sport and competition and having a good time with human beings, and uh, it's it's just been a real treat.
can't think of any really legendary heckles from, you know, off the top of my head. Were you there? You were there when we were still playing New Mexico State. Oh, legendary that. one. No, I sorry, started Bunyan. catching up. Sorry, like, they, that, yeah, that. But I know, like, the one thing, I know, like, one chant that I know a lot of, like, when there's been, like, outside beat writers that have come to Idaho that I know they have always commented on the most, being that I'm, I have, like, I, I'll admit, I have, an, I have a Twitter addiction. They all talk about, like, the chant that we did was Power of Potato. Yes. That is the one oh, chant yes. that every, everybody talks about the most is just... Well, it works the best when you're yeah. in Waco, Texas, yeah. too. You know, we can we can play I know, like, up when we're, our when we're tropes. Play, like when we're playing, like when, when we're like in Reno, Vegas. I don't know how much it was in Vegas, but like Reno, Vegas, Waco, or whatever you're playing with, there's an opposing band. You can always like bounce. Like if they start chanting something, you can always bounce it off of them to kind of play with the opposing band. Oh, definitely. Yeah, playing off the the other band is always a treat, and they love doing it too. You know, mm-hmm. band recognized band. Probably time to wrap things up, if I was to say. Jack, Shannon, any closing remarks? Do band. Came a tribe from the North Raven Gold. Bang, bang, there's silver and gold. Try to do, do some new all the clothes. Go vandals, go mighty vandals, go mighty go. for me saying this again uh the best band in all the land to play us out with the beer song <laughs>